you know, there is no arguing it. Michael Thomas is hands down the number one fantasy receiver right now. There is no case for anyone else. If you don't believe me, we'll go over some of his phenomenal stats from last year's record-setting season in a minute. But the question we're going to be answering today and we're going to be addressing is, who is number two? Which wide receiver comes in as the second best option? For many of us, we're going to go into draft day. Thomas will be off the board and we'll be left wondering who's next. Which wide receiver do I take once Thomas is gone? And I think that's going to be a very important question for many of us to figure out what we think the answer is to. Um, I think it's going to help us put together some really good drafts, especially if you get stuck in that situation and you don't end up liking the running backs that are out there. But that's what we're going to ask today. We're going to look over how dominant Michael Thomas was. And then we're going to look at, I believe, 12 or 13 wide receivers who could possibly kind of stick their name out there and say, hey, I think I could be the number two wide out because I really do think there are that many guys who could possibly do it. Some of them are a little bit more likely than others, but there are a lot of options. And ultimately, uh, got to ask the question too, should, when should you draft a wide receiver? We'll talk just a little bit about that later, but I am mostly curious about this question. And I do want to ask you guys, who do you think is the number two fantasy wide receiver? Because this is a very competitive and a very close race. But before we get into all those other receivers, let's start with the man himself. It's crazy, insane how dominant Michael Thomas was last year. His 107.8 receiving yards per game was insane. Goes right on top of his 149 catches, which was an NFL record. Made even crazier by the fact that he didn't just have a lot of catches, a really high amount of volume. He had an 82.8% catch percentage, making him a very efficient wide receiver. It's crazy to think that defenses knew he was throwing or knew he was getting the ball thrown his way. They would double team him. They would triple team him. They would safeties over top, give him the best cornerback, and there was nothing they could do. Michael Thomas was going to get the ball when he wanted to get the ball. He was insane. Of course, that all totaled him over 1,700 receiving yards. And in fact, he finished with the seventh most receiving yards in a single season by a wide receiver. And what's even crazier about that is last year, his 1,700 receiving yards was almost 400 yards most than the next guy, Julio Jones. He also led all wide receivers with 588 yards after catch. He led all wide receivers with 92 first downs. The next guy was Julio Jones at 76. He also led all wide receivers with 2.88 yards per route run. It seems like in every single category, he has dominated. And you know what? It's not a fluke. He is an unbelievably the most talented wide receiver in the NFL with a great quarterback and an awesome offense with a good coach. It's a perfect fit. And this has really been kind of building for a few years now. In fact, it was not a fluke at all. Four straight years, he has had more targets, more yards, more catches, and more yards after the catch. His historical season was not a fluke. He is really this talented. And what I think is craziest about it all is that he scored so many fantasy points last year that he could have played in just 12 games and he still would have been the number one fantasy wide receiver. That's how dominant he was because he scored, what, 374 fantasy points, which was 100 points more than the next guy up. So yeah, that's how dominant he was. Now we can finally address the question, who takes second place to the man himself? So, you know, the guy I think that has to be our first candidate is DeAndre Hopkins. Prior to this last season, I think a lot of people would have said Hopkins was the number one wide receiver. Michael Thomas, of course, showed that to be wrong. Uh, but look at it. Over the last three years, he has been top five in fantasy points all three years. In fact, he finished first, first, and then last year he finished fifth. 
So when we take a look back at his stats, there's really no question as to why. In 2017, he had almost 1,400 yards with 13 touchdowns. In 2018, his 120 catches and 1,600 yards combined with 11 TDs. Saw him again finishing first. And then last year, his 119 catches off of impressive 70.8% catch percentage, 1,300, almost 1,400 yards, and seven TDs had him finishing fifth. DeAndre Hopkins is a clear elite wide receiver with huge potential, and he has to be one of those guys with his name in the hat to be the number two wide receiver behind Michael Thomas. There are a few downsides. One, going to Arizona means he will lose targets. We look back at it last year, and he's been a huge volume guy. Last year, he had the sixth most targets, the fifth most targets the year before that, and the year before that, he had the most targets. So volume has been a huge factor for him. Now he goes to Arizona, where Larry Fitzgerald had 109 targets last year. Christian Kirk had 108. That's going to hurt him going into that offense. That's going to hurt his volume. He will see an increase in efficiency. I guess time will tell what that's going to look like for him, but he definitely has to be considered. Another consideration has to be Kenny Galladay, who I'm going to say right now is probably the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. I really do think that. Not only has he played just three seasons in the NFL, and he will be just 26 years old this year. So he is really young, and he is still developing. I do think that for real. In fact, I think it takes about three to four years to really see what a wide receiver is going to turn out to be. And last year was his third season, and well, it turned out to be quite an impressive one. He led all wide receivers with 11 receiving touchdowns, a really impressive stat for a guy who only had his quarterback, Matthew Stafford, for 10 games. After that, he had some... Uh, less than desirable options throwing him the ball, and yet he continued to perform very well. For those of you who aren't big fans of Matthew Stafford, I get it. Matthew Stafford is no Pat Mahomes, but he was on pace to tie Lamar Jackson with 36 passing touchdowns, so he's at least a gunslinger who can get your wide receivers the ball. Again, maybe not a Pat Mahomes, but he ain't hurting his wide receivers, and having him for a whole season is only going to help Kenny Galladay even more. He also led all receivers with at least 50 catches with an average depth of target of 16.9. He loves to stretch the field. He is a burner of a wide receiver and he makes big plays. He was fourth in average yards per target at 10.53, second in yards per catch at 18.31. That's really crazy to me. Um, on average, when he catches the ball, he is moving the chains 18 yards down the field, but he also finished second in fantasy points per touch with 3.85 fantasy points per touch. So yeah, he had a phenomenal year last year. He is still young. He is still going to get a little bit better and he's going to have his quarterback for a whole year. Kenny Galladay absolutely has to have his name in the ring as one of those wide receivers who could very well be the number two. Um, again, call me out if you think I'm crazy, but I think he's got to be the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL right now. We also got to look at Devontae Adams. Man, Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers there. That is a mature veteran quarterback that benefits him really well. In fact, Rodgers has the all-time high career passer rating of 102.4, ahead of guys like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, plenty of phenomenal quarterbacks. Rodgers is number one. Of course, that's a great sign. We've seen some of the phenomenal years that he has had. He finished just 23rd amongst wide receivers in fantasy points last year, but he did it in just 12 games. That is really impressive. So he's going to come back this year and play a whole season. And Devontae Adams, of course, is going to get a huge boost in his fantasy points simply by being on the field more. He did finish fifth in fantasy points per snap with 0.31 fantasy points um, per snap. So basically when he's out on the field, 
and the ball is snapped, he's getting you basically a third of fantasy point every single play, even if he, on average. So uh, that's just how great he, he was last year. He did come back for playoffs and he played really well. He hauled in nine of 11 targets for 138 yards and a loss to the 49ers. So yeah, he did. He played phenomenal. In fact, he ended the 2019 postseason with 298 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And he had a large target share. And that's one of the things that really benefits him most. He's got a great quarterback. He's a phenomenal wide receiver, but he sees a huge percentage of the targets in that offense. And that's what benefits him. Something I've been talking to a lot of people about recently is that if you want to be an elite wide receiver, you want to have that talent level, you need to be the clear-cut wide receiver one. Look at it. DeAndre Hopkins, clear-cut wide receiver one. He saw 146 targets. The next best guy last year on that Texans offense was Will Fuller with just 76. So that target share is very important. We see the same thing with Michael Thomas, the same thing with Devontae Adams. I don't care who you are. If you want to be an elite wide receiver and compete for that number one spot, that's kind of a pretty important category for you. Um, but man, this list goes on and on. Let's not forget about Cooper Cup. He started the season red hot through the first five weeks. He had four games of over 100 yards and four touchdowns. He was absolutely phenomenal, and he is sort of the linchpin of that offense. They need him to move the chains. He is one of the most important pieces of that Rams system, and that's funny because that Rams team struggled last year. They did. They had major offensive line problems. Their running game was a mess. In fact, their offensive, their team as a whole had a yards per carry of like 3.9. It was horrendous, and so, yeah, Coming in this year, fixing their offensive line a bit, fixing their running game a little bit, that's going to help their passing game even more because, to be honest, defenses really didn't have to put a lot of pressure to stop the run. In fact, we saw a lot of times where they would double cover Cooper Cup. They put a, a really good safety over top. Of course, he was seeing the number one cornerback every play. So, yeah, Cooper Cup is a guy who could who could very well com compete for this number two spot. Excuse me. But we haven't even mentioned Julio Jones yet who just had an absolutely phenomenal year last year and the year before and the year before that and the year before that and pretty much every single year since I started watching football it feels like that's of course an exaggeration but man since he entered the league in what 2011 he has been lights out in fact what is that what six years in a row he has had over a thousand yards in fact we look at it he had just shy of 1600 just shy of 1900 1400 1,444, 1,600, almost 1,700, 1,400 yards. He has been a PPR stud, racking up yards like it's nothing. He's been a little bit low on the touchdowns department, but it really doesn't matter. Julio Jones is a Hall of Fame wide receiver with a good quarterback, high volume, and he's still going to get you, you know, five, six, seven touchdowns. Not quite as many as you'd like. This could very well be the, the change year for him now that Hooper is gone. Um, but hey, this guy's going to get you 100 catches like he did last year. He got you 99 catches in the year before. He got you 113. That's pretty crazy high volume. Definitely has to be one of the guys on this list. There is no arguing against that. But the list goes on and on and on because now we got to talk about Chris Godwin, who's just 24 years old and finished second in fantasy points last year. Yeah, that's right. We've talked about like five receivers so far, and I haven't even mentioned the wideout who was second last year. Which, by the way, when you really think about things, if he finished second last year, you should somewhat assume him to do it again. Of course, factors change and every year is different, but, but still, you kind of have to assume he's going to finish somewhere in that ballpark. He saw 121 targets, 86 catches, 1,300 yards, and 9 TDs. And again, 
was the second best fantasy receiver last year. And again, he's 24 years old. He is young. He is phenomenal. He is developing. He's going to continue to improve. And he just got an upgraded quarterback. Now, yes, Jameis Winston was throwing the ball. He was a gunslinger. And his turnovers and interceptions meant they got a lot of garbage time stats. But what they will lose in garbage time stats, they're going to make up with a more mature quarterback in Tom Brady, who, by the way, is a very underrated deep passer. In fact, he is probably one of the best deep passers in the league. You can look actually look at some of his deep passing metrics. He is the most accurate passer among passing yards or excuse me among attempts greater than 20 yards um that's a stat i found from pro football focus i thought it was really interesting but it tells you just a lot about the way that he likes to play and that does play very well into mike evans and chris godwin's hand which by the way we haven't even talked about mike evans chris godwin was phenomenal last year and a lot of people kind of were like hey look at chris godwin he must be better than mike evans um but did you know that mike evans only played 13 games and in fact, had he played the full 16 games, he would have been the number three wide receiver. So yeah, two or yeah, two of the top three fantasy receivers last year were on the same team. And he has been phenomenal. In fact, every single year that he has been in the NFL, he has gone over a thousand yards. I believe that six years straight, he's had multiple 12 touchdown years. He is a phenomenal option. He's a guy who's going to go out and get you 80 plus catches. He's going to break a thousand yards and he has a fair chance to get you 10, 11, 12 touchdowns. So he has to go on this list as well as he very well might be better than Chris Godwin. Heck, he doesn't even have to be. Even if he's just as good as Chris Godwin, those two could be the combined one, two and three wide receiver. That's just how great they are. And man, I'm telling you right now, I'm excited to watch that Buccaneers offense. But there are even more guys than that. We haven't even mentioned Adam Thielen. Thielen had an off year last year, but he had some injuries, didn't play the whole season. And some of the games he did play, he was banged up. But when you look at the numbers more in depth, you see how dominant he was. In the first seven games, he had six touchdowns and he averaged 3.52 fantasy points per touch. That is a whole point more than Michael Thomas was averaging in fantasy points per touch through the first six or seven weeks of the season. Of course, then uh, Adam Thielen gets hurt and just really struggles in a lot of games and his numbers got skewed. And I don't think it's fair to measure a guy when he's not playing at 100%. So let's measure him when he was playing at 100% back in 2018. He saw 113 catches, over 1,300 yards and nine TDs. He had a phenomenal year. And yeah, he could very well have an even better year than that. One of the things to note is this is a very swing year for Adam Thielen. We will see what could happen. It could go either way. He could have a better year. He could see more targets, more touchdowns, more yards, more volume because Stefan Diggs is gone, or he could see more attention from defenses and have a bit of an off year. We don't know either way, to be honest. It both feels like speculation to me, and uh, I'd like to think he'll finish somewhere in between with less efficiency but more volume and have a very similar year to what he had in 2018. Either way, he's got to be in this talk for a guy who could do that. If he does anything like what he did in 2018, for me, he is an elite wide receiver for sure. We've also got Keenan Allen, who had 104 catches, 1,200 yards, and six TDs last year. How about Stefan Diggs? His 1,100 yards and six TDs um, were great. Heck, the year before, he had over 100 catches and nine touchdowns. So when you look at the last two years, Diggs has been amazing as well. Man, what if he goes to Buffalo? What if he gets this awesome 
uh, connection with Josh Allen, whose legs buys him time, allows Diggs to go deep, and they have these awesome deep play, you know, just phenomenal season. He could be better. He could see more volume. I think John Brown and Cole Beasley are good enough to keep some attention away from him. Yeah, he could be the next top five, top three fantasy wideout. Um, we'll see how that works out. I don't necessarily trust Josh Allen as a quarterback, but hey, maybe I'm wrong and maybe he is one of the next really great NFL quarterbacks and that could benefit him as well. Don't forget about Amari Cooper, who's got Dak Prescott. He had almost 80 catches last year, 1,200 yards and eight TDs. What about Allen Robinson? Uh, he had over 100 catches last year. That's insane. In PPR leagues, that's 100 points alone, plus his 1,200 yards and set, or excuse me, 1,150 yards and seven TDs. What about Jarvis Landry, who had 83 catches, 1,200 yards and six TDs? Or Devontae Parker's 1,200 yards and nine TDs? Now, guys like Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker are probably not my number one predictions for guys who will be the, you know, the number two fantasy wideout, but you have to put them on there. They were phenomenal last year, and when you look at it, they're, they're really only, you know, 10 catches and two touchdowns away from being able to do that. Personally, I'd love to see Kenny Galladay do it, who knows who it's going to be? The fact of the matter is there's between 10 and 15 wide receivers who could compete for that number two spot. Ultimately, this video was one giant secret message for me to send you one fantasy philosophy piece of information that you must follow. There are plenty of receiving options, guys. You do not need to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Once Michael Thomas is gone, secure your running back. It's not worth taking a wide receiver because I guarantee you there will be another stud wideout out there available in round two. So please, other than Michael Thomas, draft a running back. There is not a lot of running back talent out there and it will go very quickly. Quite honestly, that was the point of this video was to prove to you guys that that's the right move to make. Michael Thomas is hands down the number one wide receiver. I mean, heck, the Duke had 150 catches last year and 1,700 yards. He is phenomenal. But there's a lot of other phenomenal wide receivers out there as well, and they're all competing for that number two spot. I don't know who that number two wide receiver is going to be, and quite honestly, I don't care because I'm not going to draft him. I'm going to secure some stud running backs. I'm going to get a nice... Uh, nice tight end. I'm going to get some depth, a lot of positions. I'll put together a great roster and I'm going to manage it wide receiver because I don't think that I need an elite wide receiver. I don't think I need the number one or number two wide out to win a championship. Granted, I'd love Michael Thomas, but there are so many guys who are right there on the cusp of greatness. If just one more thing would go right for them, they could very well be that next best guy. So yeah, that is the point of this video. Hopefully you guys appreciated it. Hopefully I didn't talk too fast. And I would love, love, love to hear some of your arguments for and against the players mentioned in this video. Thank you so much for watching. You guys have a great day and God bless.